HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome to Spill and Dish, a new podcast from the Specialty Food Association. Founded in 1952, SFA is the leading trade association and source of information about the $175 billion specialty food industry. We champion the food producers, retailers, and other buyers who make up the specialty food world. If you want to know more about membership, visit specialtyfood.com. In each episode, we want to share the stories behind the products made and sold by our members who are helping to shape the future of food. You can listen and discover the inspiration, recipe, craft, culture, ingredients, and production methods that help answer the question, what makes specialty food special? I'm today's host, George Hajar, Associate Editor at SFA. We're excited to bring you today's episode and so happy to be working with Heritage Radio Network, a nonprofit podcast network covering the world of food, drink, and agriculture, and expanding the way eaters think about food. Today's guest is Pierre Thiam. Chef, author, and co-founder of Yolele, a specialty brand bringing Fonio to the world stage. Fonio is a quick-to-cook, nutrient-dense ancient grain typically eaten in West Africa. Yolele's products range from Fonio as-is to Fonio chips and Fonio pilaf and and employ a wide variety of flavors in its product line. The company creates economic opportunities for smallholder farming communities and helps build resilience in the global food supply chain. Welcome. We're so happy to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here too. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So let's dive right into it. Um, What made you interested in starting Yolele? Well, Yolele came in an organic way to me, really. It started, uh, I mean, you have how long, how how much time do you have? (laughs) It it can go all the way three decades when I first started working as a cook in New York, a young cook in New York City, and uh, working Mm -hmm. in different restaurants and realizing that there was a a, a lack of um, representation of the food of my origins, West African cuisine. This is really mm-hmm. when I saw this opportunity and, and, and really uh, began introducing this cuisine through family meals at the restaurant first, and then my old small catering business that turned into my very first restaurant back in early 2000 in, in Brooklyn, Bed-Stuy. And that, mm-hmm. that 
at the time was quite pioneering. That restaurant became a destination. It was called Yolele, like my CPG company today. Mm-hmm. And, and Yolele uh, became uh, that place where Africans from the diaspora w- would meet, would bring friends and foodies from the time to would come and have flavors that were quite different. That became also an opportunity to write my first cookbook. And that's mm-hmm. when, at, as I'm writing the cookbook, I'm thinking about substitutions for recipes, for ingredients, really, because mm-hmm. many of those ingredients were not accessible in the market. So you mm-hmm. see where I'm going? This is where the idea of Yolele came to be. How mm-hmm. to bring ingredients that will make my readers be able to have the cuisine that I'm, I've experienced growing up in Senegal in cuisines of West Africa. Mm-hmm. And now, now this idea kind of solidified a little bit as I'm thinking about impact now. I'm thinking about giving back. I'm giving, thinking about really how would these uh, ingredients have an impact on the small farming communities that grow them if I manage to create a supply chain that comes from the small farming communities to the markets in the U.S. This should have an impact for those small communities. Those small farmers mm-hmm. are among the poorest ones in the world. You know, they live mm-hmm. in in the Sahel region where it's dry and arid. So get now to how come these ingredients are not in the market, you know, ingredients that are growing in an arid area, which is the mm-hmm. south, where Senegal is located, south of the Sahara. So mm-hmm. these ingredients are actually, when you think of it, they, they're important ingredients because they grow in an arid area. They grow in poor soil. And one, mm-hmm. of, one of them became really important. It became our, our first ingredient platform it's called fonio mm-hmm. and why fonio fonio is the oldest cultivated grain in africa mm-hmm. it's a grain that grows in poor soil and mm-hmm. uh, that's drought resistant require very little water it's rain fed you know so no irrigation and it's quite nutritious it's a nutrition powerhouse so for mm-hmm. for these reasons I, I thought Fonio would be the perfect one, particularly as a chef. I realized, you know, the fact that Fonio was very versatile. There were so many ways of preparing Fonio that adapted to so many types of cuisines, different types of mm-hmm. cuisines. So it was really the perfect grain, especially mm-hmm. when you know that Fonio cooks in five minutes. So that yeah. there we go. So we 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 just started this, and this is how how this the, this uh, beautiful journey began. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a great story. Thank you so much for taking us on that journey. Um, can you speak a little bit about the decision to source the ingredients from the smallholder farmers rather than going to a larger, um, a larger producer? Um, yeah. Well, it, it really is uh, giving them back the credits. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I fell on California as I was writing my, my cookbook and doing research on it. And, and I found myself in the south, southeast region of Senegal, an area mm-hmm. called Kedugu very mm-hmm. remote and in that area fonio is king you know that they, they mm-hmm. serve you fonio to to greet you that's their the grain that they, they 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 offer to 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 show you how much you know their hospitality that's really that grain that they they, they showcase but and and i was fascinated by that just the fact that this such a delicate grain is only accessible in that area even in, in dakar you wouldn't find for you you know the city that where i grew up you know you wouldn't find for you you had to really look for it but it wasn't mm-hmm. readily available and to me this didn't make sense in a world where there are such a limited our diet is so limited 
Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we have access to, to you know, global diet. We only have access to, to four grains, really. And, and, and mm-hmm. there are also grains that, like Fonio, that even, uh, that are even, uh, so, so, so delicious and more nutritious that are not accessible. So it was to me, uh, the one way to do it, but I wanted to make sure as I'm introducing it, that the ultimate beneficiary are the ones who introduced me to it. They are the ones mm-hmm. who are growing it, the small farmers. It was very important to me. And and as, as I'm thinking this 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 uh, venture this business I'm thinking that it has to be a business that's sustainable. Yeah. And a business that's sustainable when it comes to food system has to be a, a business that takes that starts at a small farming level at the community. The community is the deliverable. That's how I was thinking it. And if it's uh, if it's not approached this way, there's going to be a problem. And that's the that problem is called monoculture. You know. And that's really what was the, 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 the thing we really needed to avoid. It wasn't there for Fonio. Thank God this was done by small farmers. And it has to remain this way. It has to be a way that we support small farmers and we support all their, their, their approach to agriculture and the rotation mm-hmm. in particular. So support Fonio, that's the rain fed after the rain season is, is done. There are other crops that are growing in that region. And mm-hmm. we can we can keep on supporting them so that the fonio doesn't become the only cash crop. They they can yeah. really keep growing in in, a, in an organic way, so to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Um, I see. Yeah, you touched upon monocultures and sort of food diversity, the idea of it in uh, the brand, and I think that's um, a through line through a lot of the work that you do uh, in food. And I remember I was. Um, um, I had uh, participated in a, or I had um, attended a talk that you um, were participating in uh, from the Museum of Food and Drink, and you were talking about the fragility of the food system um, and using um, grains and using other sort of products like Fonio to uh, create a more uh, resilient food system. Can you talk a little bit about that? Can you talk about where you feel the problem lies and what people can do or what your business is doing to improve it? Well, the, the problem lies in the fact that our, our food system is limiting our diet, and that yeah. limitation is is quite amazing, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, uh, not only is limiting in terms of uh, diversity, but it's also limiting because those products in general are coming from concentrated regions. And mm-hmm. I'll give one example: this war in Ukraine that everyone mm-hmm. knows now. This war in Ukraine is creating a problem in our food system with disruption because all the wheat, most of the wheat that's being grown in uh, in, in, in Ukraine is the one in U- that Ukraine region, Ukraine and Russia, is distributed yeah. around the world, and particularly yeah. in Africa. So yeah. Africa is like the, the, the really amazing situation of a continent that doesn't grow wheat, but that's been depending on wheat because of its colonial past, you know, so wheat has been introduced to the into the continent, and 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 now we are we have integrated it into our diet in such a way that we eat it every day. In Senegal, we eat baguette breads every day. We eat mm-hmm. when you go to Dakar because of the French colonial past. We have croissants and baguettes in in, in every street corners of Dakar. You don't see any any fonio products. You don't see any millet products. You don't see any sorghum products. Those are our crops. So we not having developed those other other crops that I call underutilized crops. Some people call them orphan crops or lost crops. So those lost crops 
have to be integrated into our system, you know, so that we can face challenges that are going to come because the crises are going to come. If it's not a crisis like the Ukrainian one, there will be another crisis. It could it would be either a, a, a pandemic or it could be uh, uh, just any any like the disruptions that we are facing with the supply chain, the the, the, mm -hmm. the logistics. All of those can be. Uh, happening at any time in the future, and that will disrupt our our um, our um, food system. So the the solution is to diversify it, diversify our 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 our, our, our supplies, diversify our 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 products and the food that we are eating. The same way we diversify our portfolio when we invest in in into in a stock market. That's the yeah. same way we need to think about the food system. You know, that's like that's that's a, a, a no brainer when you think of it. And we find ourselves in a in a very delicate situation now because climate change, because of the population of the planet that's growing. I heard yesterday we turned to eight billion now, billion. and yeah. it's going to be ten soon. So, mm -hmm. so if we don't figure it out, you know, and the solution is here with with the, with those underutilized crops, and that's what Yolele, my company, has uh, 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 tackled in in a way, you know, by introducing underutilized crops. And making it our our our, our um, uh, approach was to to make it uh, desirable to create a demand, and to create the demand was to for us was to first create a brand, you know, to brand yeah. it in a way that it's going to be uh, accessible and and tell the story on the supermarket. So we created the brand Yolele five years ago. My partner Phil Tevro and I, and uh, and 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 today. We are distributed across the U.S. It started with one product, just a fonio. Today we have a fonio pilafs that are all inspired by West African cuisine. So you see, you look at this; it, it follows the the, the 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 trajectory from the beginning. Where thirty years ago, I I, I noticed the lack of representation of our cuisine, and mm -hmm. so it evolves into today. Those pilafs have are inspired by that cuisine. The the ingredients are coming from that region. And and now we even have fonio chips, which are like the the snack category, which is another way to to really reach the the the, the customers. And and that was just by following the demand. We saw where the demand was going. We saw that there was a growing number of conscious consumers who who are really looking to to not only uh, be 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 part of the solution by by integrating crops like fonio into their diet. And and others who just appreciate fonio by, by for its by, for its taste for for its uh, its properties for its nutrition. So there's so many different uh, uh, things that 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 the consumers are, are gaining from it. But in a nutshell, there's a, a demand from the consumers for these products, and these products are out there, and they also need to to have a market for them to be to 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 to, to survive. Otherwise, they disappear. So we're selling by diversity. By, by branding these products and creating a demand. And as the demand grow, we, we also keep working on the supply side to, to support the farmers, to expand our network of farmers. And even better now, we have found a place where we needed to even be part of the processing at the source. We, so we, we, we have commissioned a mill to, to to process onion at a more efficient way, so that we can. Oh, wow. oh yes, that's where we yeah. are today. Now we we are we are on the on the verge of building the mill. And we yeah, have that's 
yeah, it's it's quite a it's quite a great place to be, and and that's yeah. changed the game for us. Mm-hmm. That sounds very exciting, and I I think you touched upon a lot of different points about um, what goes into a brand and what you should be thinking about when um, when beginning a brand, and also when um, trying to bring something that maybe requires a little bit more education. How you can meet the customers where they're at while also bringing diversity to the foods that they eat. Um, that brings me to the next question. Um, I noticed that um, Yolele has multiple missions uh, that are very uh, important and endemic to the to the brand itself. Uh, the sharing of uh, West African food to the world stage, the improvement of the supply chain's resilience, uh, providing wet, uh, revenue streams and agricultural demand to farms in Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel that Yolele has run into difficulties managing these different aspects, or do you feel they work in harmony to achieve the same end? Oh, difficulties uh, are expected. I mean, they are part of it. We have run into difficulties all, all, all the time. But those difficulties, depending on how you, 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 you see them or how you, 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 you approach them, they can be really, they, they are, um, they're, they're part of the journey. You know, yeah. and that's to me, it's like a, a constant um, adjustment or conversation, really, with the, the with the market, with the consumers, and meet them. And 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 as you meet them, you're making sure that you you also stay stay true to your mission. And that's 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 um, that's what we've been we've been facing. We've been facing those challenges, and the way we have uh, tackled them is most of the time through collaborations. Yolele mm-hmm. is a, is a small company. You know, with a with a big vision, with a big dream. You know, we 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 have a dream of really disrupting the the food system. You know, in a way that uh, in, integrates really what should be the 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 way we we think about food. You know, starting at the community level, starting at the farmers level, and, and making sure the food is uh, the food uh, at least the the, the waste is is being uh, done. It is done by 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 food people, you know, farmers, and farmers, and and and, and chefs, and, and and conscious consumers too. And and like I was saying earlier, uh, that about the community being the deliverable. Thinking about uh, the community uh, is is the way you approach it. Is it good for the for the for the for the people? Is it good for the environment? Is it good for the consumers? And and when you you answer yes to those questions at every decision level that you are taking. You 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 are really um, have a, a way to to tackle the, the difficulties that you are facing, and those difficulties again they they are they are part of it, and they they can be um, uplifted with the the collaboration that we're doing. When we didn't know how to take care of the logistics, for instance, how to mm-hmm. go from the small farmers level to like taking those uh, the, those fonio to the containers to shipping it to packaging it, that whole thing was not something that Phil and I could handle. We looked for a company to help us doing that. And that company is called Woodlands. They had that experience. They've been doing it in, they're based in Chicago, but they've been importing food products from 60 plus countries around the world. They had that system. And that was, that's how we did it. We went to them and they helped us and we collaborated. And now we, we have a, 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 a supply chain. When we needed the branding, we went to Pentagram and we talked about our story, and that's how we figured out how to tell the story in the right packaging, and 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 and, and the whole the whole the whole our whole brand came from that collaboration, 
and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And and that's how we, you know, that's how together with 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 helps of allies, we were able to to face the challenges and the difficulties. Yeah, the collaboration being an important part of the growth of the brand is a is a very important. Um, um, is a very important characteristic. Uh, and a lot of times brands um, maybe might be more hesitant to seeking help where when, see- when seeking help may be the only solution. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk for a moment on about collaborations on the third party CPG side, like the collaboration that you did with uh, Brooklyn Brewery mm-hmm. on Afonio Beer. Uh, how did that uh, partnership come to be? Well, it came to be from from a friendship with Garrett Oliver, who's the wonderful mm-hmm. brewmaster at, at Brooklyn Brewery. Who mm-hmm. he he saw my TED talk on Fonio. I did a TED talk on Fonio some five years ago about this vision and how we thought this grain should be a, a world class grain and how it would impact the the small farmers community in the in the Sahel. And Garrett was very sensible to that. He 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 he, he connected with that message. And he, being a brewmaster needing grains then to make his 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 brews his 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 beer he thought hey you know maybe we could make fonio beer knowing that there's also a tradition of fonio beer and millet beer and and grain beers in in africa so that was really that connection and and garrett he's african-american had this connection with with his heritage and this was one way for him to be part of the story. So he he approached me and we talked about it and we, we really like connected on how this we realized that this could be a wonderful, wonderful uh, collaboration, not only because his beer are world-class beer. I mean, he's, he he knows his craft. So mm-hmm. he came up with this Fonio beer, uh, the Yolele Fonio beer, which is a white wheat, uh, a white, white beer, very delicious. I mean, everyone who had a chance to have it so this collaboration came to be this way. That was a Brooklyn Brewery and Whole Foods Market. Whole Foods Markets, who are also our first supporters. They, the first supermarket that we entered with our Fonio product was Whole Foods, one Whole Foods in Harlem next to my ha- Harlem restaurant, Teranga. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that was the first step. And ever since, this collaboration kept growing from one supermarket to a couple to like nas- nationwide distribution. And then Whole Foods Markets was like, Hey, yeah, we can we can do a beer uh, if you guys bring it up. We can you know we can collaborate on that, and that there we go. So mm-hmm. for new beer came up. Yeah, that's so exciting. And do you feel like there's more partnerships like these on the um, end product side on the horizon? Oh yes, I mean more more more, more talks are on, on the uh, are happening right now with with the Fonio beer because it was such a success. So we 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 are we are planning on on on, on continuing this. Uh, this collaboration even more. We are talking uh, for uh, a distribution of Fonio beer in Europe with a couple of um, breweries are, as well at the moment, which I'll keep confidential. But uh, it's uh, it's uh, some serious talks that's happening this way, and that's that's just uh, one example. We we strongly believe in collaborations. We strongly believe that if you want to really succeed in this mission of disrupting the food system and bringing a solution it has to be done with collaboration it has to be done with uh, collaboration especially with other people who have done who, who can really uh, take your impact at a scale scale your impact at a, at a much higher level so so we we are, we are looking forward to to this kind of collaboration especially now that the meal is being set up 
with the meal products, it's going to be opening up to like even even bigger bigger uh, opportunities. Yeah, that's so exciting. Um, one more question that I, that I want to ask you: um, Do is there anything that uh, you want people to know about Yolele that may they may not know already? Um, besides uh, the mill, the mill seems a, a new and an interesting uh, development. But other things? Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The mill is definitely the big news. But uh, I like to correct that people oftentimes connect Yolele with a Fonio company. But, but but we are not a Fonio company. Fonio is like Fonio is our first ingredient. It's our Trojan horse. It was our way for us to 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 start the brand. But we are a, a brand, an African food brand, it's, and we intend to, as we grow, keep introducing other African products, underutilized one, preferably yeah. ing- ingredients, uh, crops that will have uh, that are environmentally friendly that are uh, also climate friendly that are nutritious obviously delicious because we are a food company it's about it's about food and flavors and so so we we're going to introduce other products we have other products that are being grown in rotation with fonio for instance those are ones we want to introduce we have products that are part of like the the tradition of the culinary uh, 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 uh the culinary tradition of of africa that we also want to introduce like dawa dawa which is a wonderful fermented locust bean that we already have in our fonio pilafs and and our chips but we want to have it as a a, 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 a product of its own and as, as a matter of fact we are about to, to launch our Yolele spice blends actually it's a, it's a matter of days so we have spice blends all inspired by west african culinary tradition so you will see that also coming up in the market very soon so we're not just a fonio company but fonio was very important it's our first ingredient platform oh perfect uh do you want to share any information on how people might be able to find your spice mixes and where where, where they can contact you Yes, our spice mixes can be found on our website. We have an e-commerce platform, yolele.com. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that's the one. Obviously, the usual suspects you will find it as well. You know, um, Amazon, Fresh Direct. Mm-hmm. As we grow, we can we're gonna keep growing with the distribution as well, and on mm-hmm. retail as well. You will find it on retail. But yolele.com will give you all that information. All right, perfect. Um, we're almost out of time, but before you go, we'd like you to participate in our final segment, Take 5, Five Questions for Our Guest. First, let's pause for a break. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. 
Okay, here are your five questions for our final segment, take five. One, what is your favorite thing about the specialty food industry? My favorite thing about the specialty food industry is the industry. And sorry, silly question, silly, silly answer it may seem, but, but I'm really fascinated by uh, the, 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 how this industry um, the, the opportunities that it offers, the, 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 the size of it, and, and how there, there is so much that can be done to really have this industry be part of the solution when it comes to the, the challenges that we are facing. I'm taking climate change because food is the big culprit. So sometimes though the, the, the industry, we have allowed ourselves to be hijacked uh, and, and 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 by by shareholders whose uh, oftentimes the interest is not uh, aligned with the interest of 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 the of the planet, uh, so that's uh, <laughs> is it my favorite thing? Um, I I'm not sure if I answered the question right. I guess I'm not the rapid fire answerer. So. <laughs> no problem. Um, so, what is one thing that the Specialty Food Association has made easier for you as a specialty food business owner? offered me networking opportunities uh, that the association has done that. The association has been a, a great platform for that through uh, either it's, uh, it's events and, mm-hmm. through, and through, through, through many ways. I, I mean, I've been grateful to, to have uh, been, uh, what's the word would that be? And, 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 and that, could, that could be a, a general thing, but I feel like I particularly benefited from that that uh, that from that platform from the the, the mm-hmm. platform for the specialty food, and and because maybe the fact that we are a niche, we are coming up with with these 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 answers. It could be that because our products are, are amazing. Hopefully that that. But uh, but but that's been really the network that the industry has been offering to us. That that platform and that networking has been priceless. Mm-hmm. And if you weren't running a business, what would you be doing? If I weren't running business, I would be cooking for my loved ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's one piece of advice you'd give a new food business? A new food business, I would think, should be a one that is really um, mindful, conscious food business, I should call it, mindful of its impact, mindful of its vision. And mm-hmm. also, I would advise them to, be, to, to dream big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how do you define specialty food? Specialty food is food that is, um, I would say, that belongs to a, a, a community. And that is, I mean, obviously can be scaled up to reach other communities. That's, it, belong, it starts at the community level. And that's mm-hmm. really the, the, the beauty of food. It transcends the borders it takes the food outside of the community to mm-hmm. it, to to connect with others and that connection is really unique to food and mm-hmm. that, and and that's what specialty food is because when you bring you bring that to other communities the, the other communities see the, the what's special in it and, and and embrace you and that's a way for them to to really um have a a, a better a more empathy about all mm-hmm. the cultures. So that's that's yeah. how, I, how I feel about specialty. Yeah. 
That's a it's a beautiful way to think about food as a instigator of community across cultures across the world. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So a big thanks to Pierre Tiam for joining us today. And you can find out more about this show at specialtyfood.com and heritageradionetwork.org. And remember to follow us wherever you get your podcast. Come back often to get to know the people who are shaping the future of food. Special thanks to Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. This is Spill and Dish, a Specialty Food Association podcast. Spill and Dish is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.